Welcome to the Shema Podcast, the podcast for the perplexed, where Torah insights intertwine through personal stories as well as interviews with leading Torah scholars demonstrate the empowering qualities of Torah and mitzvot. For more great Torah learning through Torch, the Torah Outreach Center of Houston, go to torchweb.org. Now to the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Shema Podcast. And I know it's been a while. The round table to Shavuos, a lot of time has gone by and I haven't published anything for many weeks now. I'll tell you, normally I am just percolating with ideas and questions and things I want to explore and I was just running on empty. I don't know if it was just my really busy schedule with work, but I was just running on empty as far as ideas were concerned. I decided to step back and re-examine what I wanted to accomplish with this podcast, sort of determine a theme to move forward with, or multiple themes, to identify really what I can bring to the table to complement the tremendous amount of Torah scholarship that the rabbis at Torch publish. But I did see some things in areas where I wanted to make a contribution. Last Shabbos, I had the good fortune of sitting in on Rabbi Wolgelinter's teaching from Rabbi Nachman's work. And the idea he presented was so profound that I wanted to hold on to it. Rabbi Nachman was teaching that we all, you know, sort of yearn for this era of Mashiach. And what is that exactly? It's, it's a time that we've been striving for, for millennium, where God's revelation is as it was Back in the beginning of creation, where there's no denying that he is king. There's no denying that he is animating everything into existence in every moment. But the idea that Rabbi Nachman was teaching was that we don't have to wait. We, with our own free will, can choose to live in a world with full recognition that we are living in Hashem's kingdom. We can look beyond the veil. We can see exactly that nature and the, all the events that occur to us are all being orchestrated by our Creator. And for us specifically, for our personal growth to come close to Him, we just have to look beyond the veil and we can, we can see and we can begin to live this life now. And I want that to be more than a beautiful idea. I want it to be the way I live my life. And I thought I'd begin to commit myself to sharing experiences so I'd be forced to keep myself in that recognition. And I have found, I'm sure you have too, in those moments where you are in that recognition, you see it clearly. You see it so clearly, it's almost as if free will does no longer exist because it's, it's crystal clear that we are in his world. But without concentration and with the distractions of making a livelihood and family and responsibilities and errands, we forget that. And we drift back into this illusion that everything is just a random occurrence and operating independently of him. So my goal is to commit to sharing these experiences with you so I'll be forced to open my eyes at all times and see his presence. So that's one of the things that we'll be doing on a regular basis, as well as some others that I will share with you on some subsequent episodes. But I want to share with you an experience that I had many years ago, early on. I'm talking like 12 years ago. I had just begun to learn. Had not met the rabbis at Torch. I had no idea this Orthodox community 
even existed. I was just beginning to learn, and I came across a website as part of Aisha's website called Jewish Pathways, and it had curriculum on there. One of them was on the various brachas we say before eating foods and after eating foods. I had worked very hard to memorize all the brachas you say on each of the type of foods before eating them, but I had not yet begun to implement any of these ideas. It just remained sort of an intellectual concept, but I hadn't integrated it into my life. But here's what took place. I woke up one morning and I had an early flight to Denver. I went to the gym as I normally do, but spent a little too much time there. I got in the car, realized I needed to hurry if I was going to catch my flight, came home, got dressed, packed my bag, got out the door, got in my car, and was heading to the airport. Got to my plane just in time to board, and as I was sitting on the plane, I realized something. I was really, really hungry. I forgot to eat breakfast in my haste of getting ready. Now, I realized the day before I got busy during the day, so I ended up having a late lunch around 3.30. And then I got more busy with work after that and really never ate since that late lunch or early dinner, wherever you want to call it. But I realized I was really, really hungry. Now, at this point, I wasn't keeping kosher. I thought I was. It was back when I thought kosher was just simply giving up shellfish and pork there is this five-star steakhouse in the Denver airport. And I'm like, I'll have steak and eggs. I don't have a lunch appointment. So I'll have a nice, hearty breakfast. And then I'll be able to do my business meetings and take care of everything and enjoy myself that evening in Denver. Now, the thing about traveling on business is that you have this corporate Amex card. So you sort of eat like a king all the time. Stay in nice hotels. A lot of great conveniences when you're on the road like this. And I got to the Denver airport and realized first, well, I need to check and see if I have any cash because normally what happens in my household is, is I go to the ATM machine to get cash and then my wife goes to my wallet as her ATM. So often when I get somewhere on business, I realize I need some cash in my wallet for tipping and things of that nature. So I always check it when I get to the airport. Open up my wallet, and sure enough, there's no cash there, but I realized something as well as I was looking at my wallet. I had left my corporate Amex card sitting on my desk from the night before when I was booking some future travel. And then I realized, too, I had to shred my personal credit card because it had been compromised, and I was waiting for a new one that was actually supposed to arrive that day but back at my home, not where I am in an airport in Denver. And so all I had in my wallet was my checking account card to my bank account. And at that point in time, I would always keep like an extra $1,000, $1,500 over my bills, just as sort of like if ran to a, a, a jam with something. But then all my savings was over at my brokerage account. And then I had this sickening realization that when you put your car rental on your debit card, they put a tremendous hold on it. And the same goes with the hotel. And so I think I had like twelve or $1,300 because it was near the end of the month. All my bills have been paid. It was just free cash, but I knew like that might get maxed out by the time I get my car in my hotel. So I skipped the breakfast, went down to the car rental place, and sure enough, they locked up the vast majority of it. And then I got a little frantic, and I decided, you know what? I'm going to go see if I can check in at my hotel since I got some time. If I can get an early check-in and call my brokerage account and get this all taken care of. I got to the hotel. Sure enough, they allowed me to 
check in early. I gave them my debit card, praying that would actually go through, and it did. But when I got to my hotel room and logged on to my bank account, this is pre-apps, by the way. I logged on to my bank account. My account, my checking account, is in the negatives because of the two holds that are being placed on it. So I call the brokerage firm and I say, hey, I need money wired to my checking account. They said, no problem. We took care of everything. And I said, when can I expect this? And they said, we will have it to you by 8 a.m. tomorrow morning. I was like, 8 8 a.m.? He's like, yeah, well, it's sort of past the cutoff now. So, but we'll have it to you. It'll be first thing in the morning. And now I'm thinking like, I cannot believe this. I am virtually broke until 8 a.m., Tomorrow morning, I don't have a dime to my name, literally. I was like, okay, that's fine. I I didn't have any lunch appointments or dinner appointments, thank God. Those didn't happen until the next night. So I was like, okay, I can just go without eating. It wasn't like a fast day. I don't even think I had started fasting then, but at least with a fast day, you're prepping for it. You're eating the night before. You're getting yourself ready for it. Granted, I could drink water. There was no prep. I hadn't eaten since 3.30 the day before. I had a vigorous workout. I was hungry, like really hungry. I shake it off and I go on my appointments. I get to the appointment at the end of the day. The gentleman says, by the way, where are you staying? And I told him, he's like, oh, let me tell you something, Dan. There's some terrific restaurants nearby. They're like Italian. And he starts talking about this Italian restaurant and the sauces and all the foods. And my mouth is just like watering nonstop. It was like, it was like torture. He's like, oh, if you like steak or if you like seafood, let me tell you about these places. Let me tell you about the dishes. And he was describing everything in detail. And I thought he was like, he knew it was like torture for me to listen to him describe all this food. So I, I got out of his office, wrapped up that meeting and decided just to go back to my hotel room and get to work and get my mind off of it. But as that evening progressed, I could not get any work done. I was all I could think about was food. And I decided just to go to sleep. I think it was around like close to nine. I was like, just go to bed, wake up, and you'll have the money in your account. And you'll go get a nice breakfast. So I'm laying in bed and I'm tossing and turning. I literally just, I can't relax. I'm just thinking about how I am so hungry. And I get up out of bed and get dressed just because I just felt like I need to be doing something. And I'm pacing around my room like, you just got to get food. You got to get food so you can go to sleep. So I decided that there was a Taco Bell a block away. And I was just going to go stand in the Taco Bell drive-thru and panhandle for money and get $5. Because for $5 at Taco Bell, you can get a feast. So I'm going down the elevator, like thinking to myself, like, this is the worst day of my life. Like, and this is going to about to be the lowest point in my life. I'm about to go panhandle at a drive through at Taco Bell. And I get off the elevator and I realize, for one, I put back on my suit. So now I'm wearing a nice, brand new, custom-made suit. And I'm about to go stand at Taco Bell drive through and panhandle for change and dollar bills so I can eat. And I was just like, just get it behind you, man. Just go do it. Put some food in your belly. You go to sleep. And you'll just forget this day ever occurred. And then as I'm walking through the hotel lobby, I see something that caught my eye. It was beautiful looking. It was a basket of apples. It was sitting by the concierge desk. And I went over and I said, sir, are those apples real? 
Or are they just fake for decoration? I thought maybe my eyes were fooling me. They looked so beautiful. He said, they're real. Help yourself, please. So much to his surprise, I grabbed the entire basket of apples and I ran off to sit in the hotel lobby and I set them on the table in front of me and just stared at them. Like I, I feel like I just robbed a bank, but I was so ecstatic with my bounty. And I picked up one of those apples and I was about to eat it. And I was so appreciative to Hashem for providing me this basket of apples that for the first time in my life, before biting into a piece of food, I said, Baruch Atah Hashem. And I said the bracha over an apple. And as I took a bite and began to eat, I got a feeling of just absolute shame because I realized that all the times I've ever eaten and all the times I've been on business trips where I put my source of sustenance in a corporate Amex card versus in my creator, that feeling, that recognition that I'd never appreciated or even thought about it just made me feel sick to my stomach. I felt like so embarrassed and so and so ashamed. I mean, to the point to where tears began to roll down my face. I was just, again, it was just a feeling of utter humiliation. You know, I think about that a lot, about how much my life goes on where I'm convetching and griping about things not working right and how embarrassing and humiliating that is going to be when I stand in front of my creator, considering and seeing with all the clarity, everything he provided to me, every morsel of food, my clothing, my home, my family, my health, and have the audacity to complain about something, it's a sickening feeling. And I'm glad I experienced that so I can go back to that as often as possible. And after I got past this time of just remorse and feeling horrible, I started to think about some things that changed my mood completely. I became very joyful, very happy. Maybe it was sparked by having some nourishment. I mean, this was hands down the best meal I've ever had. I mean, I would not have traded these apples. They were, they were so delicious. I would not have traded this, these apples for the, a meal at any five-star restaurant anywhere. I was enjoying them. They was like, it was perfect. So maybe that was part of the reason. Maybe part of it was I, as I looked over at the man standing at the concierge desk that was looking at me, probably contemplating whether or not he should call some mental health care professionals to come to the hotel because he's looking at me, this man sitting there eating his apples, crying, (laughs) and now I'm starting to laugh. But that got me in a better mood, and I just started thinking about how much that went into Hashim providing me this amazing meal. All the events he had orchestrated from just not only creating Everything from the the tree that it grew from, from the person that plucked the apple, the people that transported it to a grocery store, to the person in the hotel who went and got it, so those apples could be there for me in that moment when I needed nourishment badly. And it made me feel so cared for. It made me feel so connected, knowing that I don't need a corporate Amex card to be fed. I just need my creator. You know, there's that line we say, four times a day in Ashray. And it has the footnotes in the Art Scroll edition that says, if you're not concentrating while you say this verse, do not pass go, do not collect your $200, go back and say it again. And those words are, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. I think about that moment all the time. And I realized 
that this was not the worst day of my life. This, I knew then, would be one of the best days of my life because I could not recall really with any clarity all those hundreds and hundreds of times where I dined at five-star restaurants. This day, this meal, I knew I'd remember forever. Here it is now, 12 years later. I think about this all the time. This day, I'll remember because this day was meaningful. Those other days, they were obscure. I barely remember them because there was no meaning in them. You know, gratitude is a basic building block of our Judaism. It's the secret to joy. It's the secret to connection with Hashem. It's just being grateful for everything He does for us. Sadly, we, by default, focus in on what we feel we're lacking. So my friends, I just wanted to share that story and, and may it inspire you, may it inspire me to remember just to be constantly acknowledging and being aware of everything that we have instead of what we feel we're lacking. We'll always be in a state of joy, always feel connected to him. And let's remember as I start off this podcast with, let's try to go out into the world. Let's try to see and experience Hashem in everything we do. And if you have an experience that you would like to share, and you're okay with me reading it on this podcast to inspire others, please send that to me at president at torchweb.org. My friends, thank you for listening. I'm looking forward to many more episodes to share with you with distinguished guests providing their wisdom so we can all grow continually in our service to the Almighty. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Torch so they can continue to spread Torah wisdom to the world by making a donation at torchweb.org and clicking Donate in the top right corner of the page. And if you would like to get in contact with our host with comments, suggestions for future topics of learning, or questions for him or his guest rabbis, you may email him at president at torchweb.org.